Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And this is the only podcast where we will guarantee the only thing you'll hear is mediocrity. And I want to start off this podcast by assuring everyone who listened last time, so Chris, that um, there will only be rants 30 minutes and less today. I'm going to fucking time you. Uh, right. you, you did you listen to the last one? Not all yeah. of it. Yeah, it's a good amount. I think if we put a stopwatch on your anger, well, um, Chris did in the email. He said he he uh he like um what is it like time marked uh time stamped each uh the start and stop. He said it was just under thirty. That's so long to that was your rant was longer than the episode. So I actually, so I, when I responded to Chris's email, I said, it did not feel like 30 minutes. It felt like not many, many minutes at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you liked this one better. I did. I mean, how could you not? We start out with, uh, what's her name again? Peli Mato, the girl from Tatooine. Yeah. I she think is, she is a lot of fun. Um, What's her name? She was in Strangers with Candy back in the uh, early 2000s, late 90s, I don't, maybe? I don't know the actress's name. I just know her, the character she plays on The Mandalorian. Amy Sedaris. We're hmm. talking about the same person. Excellent. She's great. Yes, she is. I like her. I like her and her little droids. Uh, help her out in her little shop there. Not yeah. Tattooing, making a I, go of it. Her 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 bit her spot was you know not very long it was two minutes into it was like six minutes yeah she's a nice little brush of breath there. if that if no. that right four minutes breath, and breath. but but like a lot of stuff happened with her first of all you get to see that she's still kind of or that she um, she uh, doesn't come by her money honestly all the time. Right, because uh, we have because got the Rodian there, right? I yeah. believe that's a Rodian. That's correct. Yeah, bullseye. Fucking nailed it. And uh, she's like, "Look, man, I can get you the parts, but I gotta ship them. I gotta, you know, I gotta order these from mid rim. You right. understand? Also, it's what they call it, uh, Bunta Eve or Bunta Eve. You yeah, understand? Bunta Eve. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you don't you don't want our help? All right, get it out of here. As soon as he leaves, Jawas yep. come in. Yeah. And they're like, hey, here's the shit that we took off the car. Do you, yeah. <laughs> you want us to put it back on? Yeah. Paint it first, though. So it looks different. Yeah. Um, I don't imagine there's too many people just doing it right on tattooing. <laughs> like, if you're going to do business there, this is, I mean, like, the expectation has to be that this is the kind of stuff that occurs, right? And you just yeah. are shit out of luck and you don't, you have to do it, you know? I mean, it's sort of, the nature of the of the planet that it's on right it's just like if uh if like a someone from coruscant broke down out here for some reason they would be like what do you mean give me your manager and they'd F-U- be like f-u-c-t fucked <laughs> yeah, for sure. they'd be like this is outrageous this is a haranguing give me your manager <laughs> and, and they would be like i could murder you and put you in a pit right now you understand that right 
sir, this is a haranguing and I shall not stand for it. <laughs> that sounds like some Coruscant talk, if, that ever, uh, if there ever was any. Me just see Mon Mothma's husband just out here and I'm like, you've soiled my silken robe. <laughs> Do not touch me. Uh, so yeah, so we learn about Boon to Eve, which is great. Uh, do you know what a Lerman is? I do. Um, Fuck yeah, you so do. So this is a race of people that Anakin, Obi, and Ahsoka helped during the Clone Wars. Mm. They were, they're pacifists. And they look like little tiny lemurs that you would see hopping around in trees in like South America. Um, except that they are... Uh, they except that they are super intelligent and they're the way that they travel from place to place is that they somersault forward continuously like a droidica. Ooh. And uh, they are super good jumpers and uh, our, tr- our trio of heroes yeah. helped them stand up to the separatists during the clone wars and kept their planet uh, independent. Okay. Uh, real quick, uh, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the second episode of the third season of The Mandalorian, okay, it's just courteous. I'll stop it. Did I mess up your flow? No, I don't have a flow. Okay. Uh, anyway, Grogu apparently jumps like one. It's adorable. Force. That's a fun new little trick he does. It I does. like that they're incorporating these little force enhanced things that he's doing since he spent two years learning them with luke yeah yeah and i like i like that he's there but he's also contributing now Mm -hmm. he's not just sort of something to um weigh you down or be constantly worried about yeah they needed to do this with him because it's not about like getting him back to whatever anymore now now you're a part of it so you're mandalorian now gotta start pulling your weight right so he can't talk so he hasn't taken the creed yet so he's not technically a mandalorian right but he is a foundling yes because he was found that's the way that works is that where it comes from okay i'm catching that uh so mando pops in with his boss ass uh speeder spaceship Mm -hmm. the n1 star naboo starfighter he asks her for a, a, a memory circuit, mm-hmm. and she's she's like, "Okay, Grandpa." Yeah, but then she asks the uh, uh, Jawas. She, <laughs> I just said it, and then it escaped me immediately. It's, words are hard. She's talking to him in uh, Jawaese. Yep, and still said memory circuits is still common. Yeah, or whatever it is. So like they don't they have they just don't have a word for memory and or circuits which is crazy for somebody that deals primarily in circuits. Crash, yeah. <laughs> first, time didn't... The, first time we've seen someone I believe speak Jawa uh, on screen. Okay. Jawa. I, I was wondering about that. Yeah. So that was pretty cool uh, when she started to belt it out like in a apparently unaccented Jawa. Yeah. Like I was like oh okay. Good job, Pelly. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. So then we learn what we thought, what we suspected, which was that he wanted the droid to be able to analyze the atmosphere on Mandalore. Mm -hmm. Right. And then she's like, well, I mean, any fucking droid will do. So just take this one. 
right you want to start the timer or wait do you hate this part so remember my one of my big things in the rant last week was that they're doing these little subplots that they're just throwing away uh-huh and so here's the here's the first one this episode which is that uh, we go to, I mean, so we went to Navarro to to get IG-11, right? And check in with, um, oh, what's his name? Grief Karga. Yeah. And uh, that was fun. You know, whatever, met some pirates and, you know, met the little droid makers and what have you. But this droid's my friend. I need this droid to go to Mandalore to check out Mandalore. I need this droid. It's the whole reason I'm here. We got to go to Mandalore and I need this droid. Yeah. Okay. We go to that. Tatooine uh, to get this part for the droid that's his friend that we need. Yeah, and uh, she's like, "No, that's cool. Why don't you take this ancient ass R five astromech droid, and it can do the thing for you? Because there is no droid part." And he's just like, "Neat. All right yeah. then." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Son of a bitch! Like, here we go. Like this round two. Like, we're gonna just start <laughs> off with it." So, like, yeah. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here because I'm gonna start again when we get to Mandalore. Oh, great. Good. Yeah. Uh, so the whole, uh, I still like that. We never know what droids say, but everyone else does. That's a, that's a cute little thing. I think their beeps and whistles somehow in communicate. Like I always liked it when R2 was like, beep, boop, beep. And, and Luke was like, well, I never really thought of it that way. You know, like it's just this like, yeah. Inherent thing between people. Who yeah. Droids. Yeah. So it doesn't take much. In fact, not only is it like, hey, take this droid, and the droid is clearly like, uh, no, that's not what I'm about. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, shut up, you are. Not only that, but we'll just refit uh, Grogu's little pod yeah, so that the the droid can go there, which I assume that's what the droids are for, right? Uh, yeah, technically, the, the, the conversion that they did on his Starfighter when he got it from her originally was... Um, they took out the place for the astromech and made Grogu's little like bubble that he was hanging co-piloting in or what. Yeah. Yeah. So they just put it back. Yeah. <clears throat> and then off he goes. Yep. Then we get right to Mandalore, which you're right. We get to Mandalore right away. Good. Uh, you know, pops down, does the whole, Hey, go over there and check uh, check check that rock for shit. Don't be <laughs> a baby. Analyze it right. Oh, the well, droid. that was that was yeah. And uh, it's always great when it's like you could do this anywhere. There's rocks all over the place. Go ahead and go around the corner where none of us can see you, though. To yeah. do it, mm-hmm. please and thank you. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so surprise to everybody. The droid, the droid disappears. Yeah. <laughs> what? And then, so he he does have a he does pressurize his helmet, which we talked about. Yeah. Which apparently, I mean, we don't know because there were, aren't any toxins or whatever on the planet. Right. Uh, <clears throat> we learned that Grogu's pod is airtight, which is weird. I mean, if you wanted to suffocate a baby, I guess that's really smart. Yeah, but he was in it a lot airtight, his little egg. And uh, maybe it has like a 
Maybe it also has a oxygen intake. We'll say it does. For... I'm still trying to figure out how he pilots the goddamn thing. So yeah, let's just chalk that up to like mysteries of the pod. The force? No. Little little tiny joysticks that we don't see. <laughs> I think it's something like that. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I I, I mean, think it would. I think it would be hard to build the pod to be piloted by somebody who uses the force. That seems like a yeah. super niche market, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, unless, I mean, we don't see that. We only see him in the pod. Maybe the pod was made where he came from or whatever. It was in that, whatever that outpost was where we find him in episode yeah, one. So I guess we, we don't know. It's the pod's origin. Right. Um, <clears throat> But it can apparently go up and down. It just happens to stay about four feet off the ground most of the time. Super utilitarian. Yeah. Uh, he runs into a couple uh, locals. Yeah. Mandalorian does. What Some are they locals. called again? I can't remember. Uh, they're called Alamites. So this is, as far as I'm aware, this is their first introduction into Star Wars. Oh, so you meet a new thing you didn't know about, right? Yeah. So that's always fun. Yeah. Um, they look like kind of a combination between like Neanderthals and like a, like a wild boar kind of, I thought like with eyes, like in the center of their head, um, pretty brutish, you know, they knocked our five down. Well, it moved, right? <laughs> right. I think that was its problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I get, I got like a predator vibe from them, like a, yeah shaggy haired predator yeah but they were very primitive right if it moves we'll eat it kind of a scenario yeah 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 well i meant like the movie predator oh i see sure yep yeah and then Mm. old boy busts out his light sword yeah start the timer (laughs) isn't okay so um he breaks out the sword right and immediately immediately, immediately <laughs> nose dives to the ground i'm officially over this fucking sword so uh are you not at all curious or do no, you just do, is it just jedi it can only be the ones to have no 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 it, but any that's sort of but that's just it like if a jedi picked this thing up and we we get evidence of this later in the episode like if a jedi picks it up they don't just use it like it's something inherent to the sword the dark saber that whomever's holding it, if they are having doubts or like, don't believe quote unquote in their purpose or whatever the Thor's incantation is in order to like figure out whether or not you're worthy. Yeah. If they don't believe that in themselves, it's, it's difficult to wield. doesn't matter if they're a Jedi or not, because we see, we see like in 20 minutes in this episode, yeah, a non Jedi wield this thing like a fucking boss. Like it was meant to be held. Correct. So like, what's the difference, right? Because we can, you know, if this is one half of the equation, that's the other half of the equation. We're trying to balance that thing. You can just cross the Jedi part out on both sides of it because neither one of them are. Why do you hate it so much? Because it's like, it's literally like they put um, the sword from Tales of the Jedi, not Tales of the Jedi. What is that sword from England's history called? Uh, Yeah, the, yeah. Sword yeah. in the stone. Sword in the stone. Whatever Excalibur. That Excalibur. Boom. Bullseye. Fucking Thank nailed you. it. You got there. They put Excalibur in Star Wars, and there's no good reason, right? So, like, 
<clears throat> there are I don't want to sound like someone <laughs> who's just being critical. <laughs> but there's really no reason. There, yeah. Okay, so like there's really no reason. So like if the purpose of having the Darksaber yeah. is to get Din Jaren to like accept the fact that like he's he's going to be a leader, he's worthy of being a leader, and that he should accept that part of himself. Mm-hmm. There are other ways to tell this outside of a weapon that he's failing to use. Like, are we the viewers so poor at understanding that point that we have to have a visual representation of him flailing around with a sword three times a season? So, like, I don't need him to pull the so- the sword out of the stone. And that's what they're trying to get to. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's a it's the sword is made out of light. So like it sure. weighs almost nothing. So the weight is the weight of his doubt or the weight of his insecurity or whatever however you want to define it. And you and don't like that. I think that I think that that should not be able to cross the metaphysical into the physical. His doubts don't actually have real world weight. His doubts don't weigh 25 pounds or whatever the weight is that he has to try and lift up when he uses the sword. Mm-hmm. Those things, there's no bridge to that. There's no way to cross that. You want to but, keep the mystical to the Jedi. No, I don't care about it being a Jedi. Like I, I don't care if it's him, if it's why can't the sword why can't the sword be this way then? Because I'm just it, saying, like all of the mystical attributes of, of the of the universe. Sure. They all all belong to the Jedi. No, that's not true. It's just that we don't see all of the mystical things that are that take place in this galaxy. Then why can't this be one of them that we do see? Because the reasoning that they have provided for why it's mystical is not mysticism. This isn't mysticism. How is it mystic? What mystical force is at play here? An inanimate object is displaying attributes that are animate sure i guess is that not mystical i don't know i mean but like it's certain i don't think it has anything to do with the force i'm not saying no 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 you may be misunderstanding i'm not saying it has anything to do with the force all i'm saying is why do in this universe the jedi get to be the only ones that have things that we have to suspend belief to agree on Oh, so I so like I think that we we already have things that we have to suspend belief on in order to agree on. Like, how do they travel through space? We don't know. Like, yes, they give us some like, oh, it's another dimension. Right. Okay. neat. Right. There's a there's a decent explanation, I I suppose, because you accept it as one. But this you don't. I think that the other one makes way more sense. So like, oh, sure, there's a there's just like a there's a, a computer chip that allows them to now access an alternate dimension where they are able to travel really fast and then come out of this other dimension. So I would say it'd be akin to like, um, if you made a car that could go on land and then you figured out a way to like make a car that goes underwater, like in this universe, like it's akin to that. Like you can overcome this problem with technology. They made a suit that can go underwater as we saw at the end. We did, you know? (laughs) So like, so there's, so there's an example, right. But like with this sword, it is yeah. it's not it's not mystical in the sense that it's mystical in the sense that it's like on a per person 
whomever happens to be holding it at whatever given time kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's just like, <clears throat> and like the sword decides whether you're ready to like that you've accepted being a leader. Like it is, it is a singular thing that is completely different than anything we have seen up until this point in star Wars. And if they hadn't, I think one of my problems with it is they basically just admitted that they ripped it off from Excalibur. And I'm like, okay, like the dark saber was already cool. It looked like a katana. It is black. It was made by a Mandalorian who also happened to be a Jedi. These are all unique things about this individual item anyways. And now you've added this thing that wasn't present at the first time that it was introduced into Star Wars, but only came about after like Dave Filoni got his hands on it in Rebels and decided to like Sabine Wren had to overcome her doubts about like being a leader to her people, also the Mandalorians. Yeah. When she found the Darksaber in Darth Maul's uh, cave on Dathomir. Yeah. And, you know, rescued it or whatever. Okay. <clears throat> and then they, they retconned the item so that now everybody that picks it up, is it, if you're design, if it's like, if, um, Grogu picks it up. Is it heavy for him? Like the, my problem is it's like Thor's hammer. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, like it's a sword made out of light. It's supposed to be a tool. I think there's other ways that you could have had Din come to grips with the fact that he's supposed to be a leader to his people. Mm -hmm. And this one just went for whatever reason, like even I understand that it's star Wars and we're flying through space and it's a long time ago, but somehow in the future and there's swords and there's, like the force is like effectively magic and like yeah. all these different species <laughs> and all this shit going on. But like, um, this one's too heavy to, to wield just cause no pun and intended. Um, so this might be a case then where you knowing so much about the history and you've created what you want the dark saber to be in your brain, um, through knowing as much as you do about it, they ruined it for you. Probably. Whereas for that, me, yeah. I was just like, oh, cool. That's a dope sword. And then this other thing came about where he, and I was just like, oh, what a neat addition. Mm -hmm. It makes it better for me. Not necessarily better, but I like it. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Also to me, and I hope they wrap this up by the end of the season. We've done this struggling with the sword thing one too many times now. Like it's like, oh, we told the joke for the fourth time in the episode. It's less fun than the first time you told it yeah i guess but i mean it's just what it is right you, like it's just are you actively looking forward to him flailing the sword around in an upcoming episode like having difficulty with it yeah like that's I, like I, oh i can't wait to see mando have trouble wielding this thing again i mean i didn't i liked i i liked when he brought it out and used it he was still able to do it sure. i don't know it's an interesting thing to me because yes it is a sort of light of it weighs as much as a hilt. Yep. And then as soon as you open it, then it becomes heavy. But I still like watching him use it, even if he's struggling for it. I don't mind that. Yeah. It might be like frustrating because I want him to be able to do better with it. But I've liked every instance of it being out so far. The fact that he's having trouble didn't really hurt it for me. And the fact that uh, Bo-Katan... Just is just like oh this old thing and then zip 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 a whole bunch was really awesome yeah you know who else was really good with it Moff Gideon yeah didn't have any problems lifting that sword 
Uh, he's very sure of himself. The only one anything. having any problems with it is Bo is uh, Din Jaren, star of the show. Well, he doesn't know where he's going or what he's doing, right? Apparently not. And how do we know that? What we should do is give him like huge chunks of time in between the seasons to help figure that shit out. Huge fucking chunks of time, years even. Yeah, because if it's one thing I know is I've been on this earth for 37 years and that's enough time, way more than enough time for me to know what the fuck I'm doing and what's going on. His his focus. I got it all figured out. His focus might be slightly more narrow than yours, I think, probably. That's true. That's true. Because uh, without the creed, what are they? So I want to talk about at some point in this episode, I do want to talk about the creed because um, there are a lot. I know it doesn't sound like it, but there are a lot of things I really liked about this episode. Yeah. No, I mean, it it was a it was a good episode. For the most part, it was really good. Uh, See, I'm watching it now. That dark saber is never not going to be awesome. I Uh, like the way it looks a lot. Yeah. I just hate this one thing about it a lot. I kind of want to get one the next time I go to Disney. Sounds like a great plan. I'm going to finish up R5 real quick. So after he kills the Alamites heroically with the Dark Sable, somehow uh, overcoming, what did I say? Sable. I apologize. It's a small animal. It's fine. Yeah. Like a a mink or an ermine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, he kills the Alamites using the Dark Saber heroically and then picks up r5 and they go back to the to the ship or whatever yeah and uh remember he's been breathing this whole time with his pressurized helmet yeah i'm wondering if he could have brought something maybe handheld with him yeah to to mandalore to um check the air quality but r5 does come in handy later in the episode so (laughs) had to have an excuse Outside the real reason we've been building for an episode and a half in order to get him to the to the planet, so that all works out in the end. Yeah, uh, I like. I, I feel like option one was to have a droid go out places and test shit, and that that failed, so he had to do the next thing. So can I can I ask you one question before okay. we we go forward? Say that we had gotten um, IG eleven, we we found the memory circuit and got him up and running and he wasn't murderous you know like anymore. yeah and he was like okay we're gonna go spelunking with ig11 on mandalore how are you getting how are you gonna get him to the planet he doesn't fit in the ship just tow him just out Beh- just behind like the ship just drag hang him on to the hang yeah. on to the wing as we go through hyperspace and the atmosphere and all that stuff um maybe Maybe he would have sat in uh, Grogu's little pod, like the RC whatever did. Right? It it would have to be something. I just don't know how they were going to. Yeah. I mean, R5 and IG-11 are. So, also, real quick, Mandalore's huge. Oh, it's gigantic. With a lot of broke-ass structures all around so it was a, a thriving metropolis i gather so it's, it's this is also something i want to talk about at, at a later point in the episode but like it is a legit it was like a legit there are certain places in the galaxy that are just situated in the right spot in order to like be of great use like coruscant 
Corellia, yeah. um, Mon Calamari, um, and and Mandalore. And so like they it's a it was a culture built on war for centuries. Yeah. And like their whole planet was set up to help them propagate that. You know, and it's one of the reasons why the Empire nuked them was because you can't have these dudes sitting in your backyard for 30 years causing you problems. Like we're just gonna wipe the slate clean yeah. immediately, kind of a scenario. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. Uh and then are you familiar with the thing that that grabbed him? That grabbed him? Yeah. That little droid or I don't oh. know what it is. Some a, so like we, a cross between organic and robotic. Yeah, we go down into the city and then we're, yeah. we're making our way deeper and deeper into the planet. And then this creature that you're describing pops up out of the ground and snags him kind of like I a trapdoor spider or something it just sort of like yeah. the spider is the key term there because that is exactly what this thing felt like to me the whole episode yeah <clears throat> ambushes him grabs him yeah injects him with something to knock him out all in one go like yeah out of out of nowhere it's crazy I mean, like, Din had no chance. Din got surprised. Like, I mean, it was like, snag, I got you, you're out. Takes him to, like, its lair or whatever. And yeah. uh, hooks him up to some pipes and, uh, like, starts draining him of... I thought it was, like, a fluid. spit of some type. But, yeah, no, he just sort of, like, takes all his weapons away. Mm-hmm. Not He has some, you know, he's he's knocked out. And then, yeah, starts taking his blood away i guess but so it's this giant thing that then comes out a, a tiny thing comes out of it and it's like half organic half it's some kind of mechanics sort of like uh what's his name grievous there it is so um the idiots on twitter were uh hypothesizing that this uh, was in fact grievous and i was like and if you remember in the clone wars he gets blown to fuck so it's <laughs> not <laughs> yeah yeah people are the worst they're really stupid so uh, i bet they even like the dark saber being mystically heavy anyway okay. uh so then he tells like grogu's like i'll help yep <laughs> and he tries the force yep as one is one to do that doesn't go well so he gets in his little uh convertible and uh scoots off yeah, uh, the creature, whatever, spider creature, spider, Borg, whatever it is, um, yeah. tries to get him. And uh, Din tells him to uh, go get Bo-Katan, right? Yeah. And fucking Grogu, like sometimes, like I'm rewatching the second season of The Witcher right now. Yeah. <clears throat> sometimes when the person in charge tells the other person who's not in charge to run, they don't run. Yeah. Well, there's a reason they tell you to run, you know, because <laughs> it's big fucking problem and so i'll give grogu credit that little bitch ran and he ran fast you know immediately yep so he uh he evades the spider the spider bot or whatever it is he um evades this kind of like flying crocodile dragon looking thing that uh lives in the sewers and he gets back into the uh starfighter and points at bo katan's planet yeah starts because that that was a cool little moment. They're yeah. they're like flying into Mandalore, 
and uh, Grogu sitting up front with Din. And Din's like, this is this. This is, oh, this is where we went and saw Bo. And this is blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, Mandalorians have to know where they're at at every time, at any time, so that they're never lost. Right. You know, which is cool. And he's like passing out knowledge. And then the little guy pops in there. And then he, he's like, hey, robot, we got to go here. Take me here. So like he understands English. Yeah. He does. Or common, whatever yeah. it's called. Either way, it's effectively the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so then rolls over there and she's like, well, I'm going to have to kill Din now. Cause he's being a little bitch. Won't leave me alone. <laughs> and then it's just, it's just, it's just Grogu. And she's like, where's Din? And then they, you know, but then, so there, so Bo takes her awesome, equally awesome ship. That thing. Okay. Let's, let's just talk about this thing for a second. Yeah. So these, this style of fighter is called a Comric fighter. It's K-O-M apostrophe R-K. It's in it's in Mandoa. I, it's uh, supposed to mean gauntlet. Uh, it I comes in two sizes. Uh, badass and super badass. <laughs> yeah. And it is halfway between a freighter and a starfighter. So something between what um, Mando has and the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And uh, that thing can have a crew of up to four. And uh, it can haul 25 people at a stretch. So it's got enough space in it for... 25 people it's not it's not a yeah. little amount and uh it's fucking deadly as shit and so like uh these things got introduced in the clone wars television show they are absolute boss fighters and when you put someone like a mandalorian behind it it's like oh neat uh this super deadly thing combined with this other super deadly thing this is death's <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate <laughs> yeah. so she just like casually like rvs this motherfucker over to mandalore with uh everybody in in tow yeah and and now we got a whole nother situation to deal with. Right. So, I mean, you were, you were worried Bo wouldn't be back. Yeah. I was curious. I was curious how they were going to incorporate her into the season. And like, I'm getting an inkling of that over the course of this episode. Yeah. So <clears throat> she rolls there and she's like, you must be a, a are, are you uh are you a powerful jedi or something like that you i mean you must be you were able to to get to me right mm-hmm. kind of just like uh just more a callback that he he's been with the jedi for a, a time right mm-hmm. we see him force jump then uh she mentions we see him force jump a couple times he's able to access his his the force a little bit easier mm-hmm. uh he doesn't have to be angry or scared to do it. He was able to kind of do it at will. Uh, and then, you know, floats on back. She obviously is more familiar with the planet since she's from there. And so she sees that trap of the. Uh, Alamites natives. There you go. <clears throat> uh, the locals, as it were. So she notices them, stops that, but from um eating her pretty easily yeah she is um exceedingly capable <laughs> yeah and uh so there's this giant drop that they all have to do in on this planet and they both they just walk off it walk off this ledge like it's nothing because they have their packs right there i thought about that watching it and i was like i wouldn't do so well with that <laughs> no. just I mean, I wonder how it's even controlled. Is it just their brain? 
I think that those are the kinds of questions that will uh, never, ever be answered. Uh, yeah. I can't, it yeah. has to be, I know that there's circuitry in their, in their, in their armor, right? Like we see him fixing it in the first two episodes of the entire series when he gets fucked up by the mudhorn. Yeah. Um, and that kind of stuff. And we see the armorer putting stuff together when she's making that kid's helmet in the first season of this or the first episode of this season. <sighs> Could it be some kind of like, I'm blinking you know, yeah, like right, Iron Man right. style thing, maybe some sort like, of muscle gesture, have, or something. Yeah, they might have like an Ant Man style button, you know, on their gloves <laughs> sure. or whatever that you can sure fix it. Do you I like that they don't like explain everything explicitly, or would yeah. you would you rather know? I so this is the one thing um, in my life that I would be like. I'm going to have to blueprint this motherfucker, you know, like, <laughs> right, right. Let me, let me get into the nuts and bolts of this, you know, give me so the, like, give me the patent plans for these things, please. I understand that there's like really no upside for them doing that, but yeah. like my interest and curiosity about this stuff is so big that like, I've never been satiated by like the amount of information they've given me. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Plus like, I don't know. They do they take a lot of great care to make things viable as much as they can in a story like this, right? Like all of the alien um, words that you see, if you see something printed or like when they go to a town and there's like signs all over the place that are in some specific races dialect, right? Those are all translatable and they say actual things. Right. So like they take plenty of care to make a lot of things viable. Mm -hmm. So why not just explain everything to us? Right. Or is it one of those things maybe where because they explain enough, they don't have to explain everything. And we're just they just need to give us enough to buy into and believe whatever they're selling. That's 100 percent what I think they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give us enough of the little stuff so that you don't really have to explain too much of the big stuff. Right. So then she shows up and and um, handles the thing, spider, spider droid thing. By the way, this this reminded me. So I, as I mentioned, I was um, looking up some Mandalorian stuff, mm -hmm. and there's a point where uh, Bo-Katan gets zapped. This dude has this this little thing has like a, a lightning rod. Yeah, and I guarantee you that is not a tickle. No, no, it's not. Uh, but you know, back in the day, because I think on Mandalore was all the Beskar, right? That's where all there's a load of Beskar that they were able to uh mine. That's where the mines that, are, right? That is the unit of measurement that they use, yes. Yeah, yeah. Schloads. Loads. And uh so somebody was working with the Sith. Uh you're getting a terrible um remembering of this was working with the Sith or the Imperials or whatever to develop a specific weapon that was only used against Mandalorians that was that used Beskar as a superconductor so that when they shot out it just shot out this lightning and even if they were surrounded by stormtroopers or whatever it would only go straight to the Mandalorians and just fry the shit out of them on the spot. So first of all, I'm always proud of you. <laughs> uh, 
Second of all, that what you just described is a plot, not a plot. Yes, a plot of a story in uh, Rebels. So this uh, Mandalorian character oh. named Sabine Wren, yeah, who will be in Ahsoka. Um, she, when the Empire occupied Mandalore, at, yeah. and after the Purge, she worked with. She was a part of the Imperial Academy. And uh, she was she worked in special weapons, and so she helped develop this anti Beskar weapon that was only like she thought it was going to be used to. I don't know. I can't remember the episode uh, well enough, but like she didn't think it would be used against her own people. Yeah, she she, had, she designed a weapon primarily against people. Yeah, <clears throat> that wear the stuff that right. Her planet, her home planet is known for. Correct. And so um, her um, hangups without being able to use the Darksaber rested in that fact that she felt guilty that she had betrayed her own people. And she was ostracized from her family, and that's why she ended up with the Rebellion, was trying to make amends. Sure. And so part of the the series of events that end up with Bo-Katan getting the Darksaber was Sabine taking the saber back to Mandalore to give to her mother to help kick the Empire off of Mandalore during the Rebellion. Yeah. And uh, they helped and end up, it ended up that like her mother um, was not the person to lead Mandalore and they gave the Darksaber to Bo-Katan. Yeah. The thing that I saw said that Bo-Katan was offered it initially and declined it and then took it up later out of necessity. Which is interesting because there's doubt there then if you decline it. But now, obviously, she she was in a position where she had to take it, the Darksaber for yeah. her people, right? I, uh, yeah. But I thought that was super interesting. And, and I had just read that or saw that when I saw this episode. So that made me think of that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anywho, little caveat there. So she kills the thing twice because, you know, it's gross. Um, she gets uh Din out of his little predicament, and then makes him some pog soup. Yep. Do you know what a pog like a, is? I have no idea. Okay, I imagine it might be something around there. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a mushroom or a a, a vegetable of some type. I don't know. Could very easily be. Yeah. To be fair, you're much more interested in the foods of Star Wars than I am. Yeah. How is it? Why is that not interesting? It's a soup. I mean. <laughs> That's true. It's as interesting it... as a soup can be, I suppose. But what I think is what I think is of greater importance here is the significance of what she's giving him. So he has been brought up since he was a child. Yes. In this super uh how do you orthodox as you would yeah. put it, yep. um, version of Mandalorian culture that reveres the ancient Mandalorians. She has grown up in like <clears throat> the um, so in a way they're on the same side because she joined Death Watch, which wanted Mandalore to go back to like the ways that they had previously been. But her sister, who ruled the planet during the Clone Wars, was a pacifist. And yeah. that helped convert Mandalorian culture to pacifism, which is weird. Which is, 
spits in the eye of what Mandalore started out as. 100%. And like that, it had been that way for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. Yeah. And so she gets raised eating this soup that she says like all Mandalorian kids are raised on pog soup, right? And he's supposed to be the super orthodox, like this is what Mandalorian tradition is. This is what Mandalorian culture is supposed to look like. He's never heard of it. He's never had it. So like, I think it's an interesting kind of like, what? You've never had this? You're a Mandalorian? He's like, what? You take your helmet off? You're a Mandalorian? You know, like, it's just all about what you consider to be a part of, you know, important or whatever, you know? So he's not always right. She's not always right. There's a bridge that's forming between these two characters. Right. And like, there's a point during this part, right. Where she's, you know, he's like, well, you were, you were right. It's not cursed. And she's like, was I right? Because look around everything is ashes and shambles. Right. And so, yeah, go ahead and finish. Uh, and then, you know, she hands him the pog soup or whatever, because mm-hmm. they're kind of talking about how, uh, you know, like man, Mandalorians aren't what that, what it used to be and everything. And, and uh you know the culture is pretty uh fractured now and then he's like what the hell is this he's like oh anybody what she said any mandalorian with his armor was raised on pog soup right and he's a mandalorian who's never had it never had it right and so she's like i hope you like irony because (laughs) the fact that you haven't had this and you're a mandalorian speaks volumes Right. Um, so you, you brought up a point here and I want to touch on that. And that's the idea that this planet is cursed. Yeah. So we, we see a couple of times in this episode, uh, Din saying to himself, like, Bo-Katan was right. The planet's not cursed. Yeah. Okay. Why does the armorer think that it's cursed? Yeah. Why does Bo-Katan think it's not? What, I mean, like, so like, here's, here's some differences in between these like Orthodox Mandalorians and these, run-of-the-mill mandalorians yeah um one of them i mean in, in this particular example one of them is correct one of them is not like is there a reason or is it just well an inference that the armorer would think that this planet is cursed right and calling it cursed has always been weird to me because is what what's cursed about it it's not that it's it's not that it's um poisoned right like that's sort of what they say is that it's been poisoned but cursed is way different than uninhabitable here's my take on it yeah by the time that the children of the watch which is din jaren's group had split off from mandalorian culture Mandalore was a thriving metropolis that had gone, that had seen Mandalorian culture become less and less extreme in their beliefs to the point where they became pacifist, were conquered, and eventually uh, genocide was committed against them. Also, during that, during the purge in the Night of Tears, uh, the Empire bombs the planet, effectively turning it to glass, right? We see that on the surface pretty, pretty handily. Yeah. And I think, and so you and I have talked about in the last episode, like um, you had some suspicion that maybe uh, the armorer uh, didn't the think that he could be yeah. redeemed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that she she believes that because um, the destruction and her 
I don't I don't want to call it uneducated, but like I don't know how you would have more information about it. Yeah. The destruction of Mandalore was so complete that they have lost access to this part of the creed. Right. You, he can't be redeemed because he can't get to the living waters under the mines because the mines are destroyed. So like I to mind oh god, I'm just tripping over my words so poorly here, but like we'll I, find it together, buddy. Thanks. Uh my interpretation of her beliefs is that the Empire destroyed Mandalore so thoroughly that you we have lost access to this part of the uh the creed. And the creed is the only thing holding their culture together. It is effectively sacred, right? Yeah, like regardless of the fact that you can actually get to those waters, mm-hmm. right? I think she's not going to count it, essentially. Like that was not, that. those aren't the living waters because they're not the living waters anymore. Once they were bombed, it turned into something else that we, we no longer recognize mm-hmm. or something like that, right? Like, so, so her being like, you can't get there because it's cursed means if you get there, it's it's not going to matter. It's not going to change anything. Right. It's not real. You're not. Yeah. You're not being true. Some, something like that. Well, I mean, I, first of all, it's like, you got to bring back, I'm going to bring back proof that I was there. Like, how the fuck do you do that? Record it. And you know, he has a witness now. That's true. That's true. So I wonder if she's just not going to accept it at all. Well, so here's the thing, right? So, like, let's say that happens, right? Let's say next episode picks up. Um, Bo-Katan takes him back to her planet. They pick up the Starfighter. Off we go to the Covert in order to uh, frolic in our redemption, right? Yeah. Okay. Why can't we not just take a day trip to Mandalore, everybody, and I'll take you down to the waters? <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, now that we've been there, literally our this holy is, land. Right. Like, this is this is what we could do, right? We can land on the planet. We can literally jump off the cliff and like float down. And then it's a two hour walk to the entrance to the living waters. And there's nothing in the way. I mean, it's a walk. It's a literal walk in the park. Yeah. So like he could, he, in a day's time, he could take her down there and she could be there. And like, here's the other thing. Mandalore, everyone in the galaxy think Mandalorian's Mandalore is a fucking piece of glass move the covert there what a great place to (laughs) i bet that's how it either ends or the middle of the season uh, there's going to be something like that listen beskar is supposed to come from the living waters yeah that's where they got it yeah hey no one's on mandalore hey it seems like a great place to hide for a group of people that don't want to be found hey it's your fucking holy land yeah am i what what part of the math am i not doing here I don't understand. Like this makes way too much sense. Like the only thing that I think could, could inhibit this is it's like that planet's cursed. Well, no, it's not. Well, yes, it is. Like, are you willing to go and right? That's sort of it. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy because the, the people that say, Hey, you got to go to these waters that don't actually do anything and uh, bathe in them in order to redeem yourself. Um, But also you can't go there because of other (laughs) mysterious reasons right like because we put enough belief into one thing it's true right like that's sort of how it works and because we put belief in the waters they work because we put belief in the fact that it's cursed it's cursed right right so saith the lord (laughs) easy sorry 
Right. So, so she's all like, uh, yeah, I grew up here. Uh, let's get on out of here. And he's like, nope, I still gotta, I still gotta take a bath. It's been a minute, which and is fine. Yeah. A hundred percent. Here's the thing that I want to, that I want to start to preface when at this point in the episode, we have seen Bo-Katan now in the first episode of this season and the beginning when Grogu goes back to ask for her help in this episode. Yeah. Look pretty much dejected sitting by herself in the huge throne room. I don't want to be around anybody. Leave me alone. Uh, you know, my purpose is gone. She's dejected. Yeah. Okay. She gives him the pog soup and he's like, I still have to go down there. Like I got beat to shit by spider bot, but like, I need to, I'm also I almost a, a couple of those other things. Yeah. The Alamites got in a couple. They, they worked me over a bit. <laughs> I mean, Beskar is great, but like, it's still a fucking hammer hitting my arm. You yeah. Know, like, meanwhile, she rolled up in there. Yeah. Killed a bunch of those things that you've said 14 times. I'm not going to commit to memory. And uh, w- without it, without really blinking an eye. Yeah. Does takes care of the thing that trapped Din, frees mm-hmm. him, yeah. and now feeds him. Right. And it's just like, you want to know where everything is because I know where everything is. She's oh, you're really helpful. Yeah. Oh, you st- also. She gives the dark saber back to him. Right. She hands it back, which at first I was like, what? But then because she believes this one thing mm-hmm. with all of her might, it's true, which is you have to un you have to remove it from the person that owns it in a not nice way in order to win it, which goes along with Mandalorian history. Yes. So on that point, she gave it back to him. Yeah. Has she accepted that he's the bearer of the Darksaber? I think she's... That's a good question. I think that she has accepted that she is not going to kill him right now. Right. So on that issue, that's a great segue into what I want to talk about. (laughs) Sorry. That's great. Because... You should say that before every time you do that. (laughs) Thanks, man. Here's what I saw from her. Yeah. As soon as she said that she would she would guide him to the living waters from that point until the end of the episode, literally until the credits roll, what I saw from her. And you tell me if I'm way off base here. Yeah. I, I think I saw a Mandalorian's faith being redeemed in the creed. His example, hers, his example of creed tells me I have to do this. I came here for a reason. Nothing's going to stop me. I don't care that I got beat up. Like I have to keep going. They make it to the living waters. They're talking about her, how her father died defending Mandalore before the purge, right? Her time as leader of the planet and her, how she feels responsible for its people and how she's so upset that like this once thriving civilization came to an end under her watch. Yeah. And, and what is, what does Mando say when she tells him the story about how her father died defending Mandalore? This is the way. This is the way, right? Not only in one word, in one phrase, not only did he reaffirm like his faith in the creed, he honored her father. Yeah. And comp and basically complimented her and her family for like, yeah, you are acting as Mandalorian should. Like, I respect that. Like he's yeah. giving her respect. And so they make it to the waters. What is the first thing that she, d- she does? Reads this plaque. Right. About the she- mythosaur. 
that she read like and and she did this exact same thing when she was a kid right it's yeah. like a baptism yeah yeah so what does he do he takes off his weapons he takes off his back his jet pack yeah he goes into the waters and is reciting the creed Starts reciting like, it yep the look on her face is like to me it said this this dude is worth my respect this is the Mandalore. This is the way, right? Yeah. This is the thing that could reunite our people, that can make our people strong again. That's what I saw from her in this episode. Yeah, for sure. It's like, they may not be enemies anymore, but they might be partners. Yeah, she's definitely she definitely is just sort of like looking at him in disbelief as he's getting into the water and he starts saying the words that he needs to say. Yeah. And then... And then he uh, takes a bit of a dive. Now, what do you think pulled him under? It's the mythosaur. You think so? Yes. Because it, so she, so he goes under the water. She dives right after him. Yes. Without thinking, without anything, just jumps, and he gets down. He gets down to the bottom real fast. Really uh, fast. And then she grabs him and is coming up. I don't know. It just looked to me like the mythosaur. Maybe it was a different mythosaur that that pulled him under. Uh, but it looked like it was just sleeping, but I don't know. One thing I do know, though. Yeah. A mythosaur is fucking huge. So it's enormous. It's literally enormous. Literally enormous. Yes. Literally enormous. Like. So, by the way, I guarantee you someone shit in her suit when that thing opened its eye. They just stared at her. You, so in the solo film, they like they go into the maw or whatever, and then yeah, it's like yeah. the whole ship lost power. Yeah. And they like get the power back, and then it's like the thing opens up its eye, and it's like, oh, that's a lot. That thing is alive. And it's like, oh, shit, like we're this is a lot of trouble because something that is that big. Oh my god, it's so big. It's enormous. <laughs> so big. I mean, this thing is like, and I'm not kidding, like it's probably legitimately like what a hundred feet tall yeah yeah i mean its head was like two bows stacked on top of each other it may even be three if you go from uh from the whole length there so yeah nose to tail or whatever she was uh surprised we'll say that it was there i mean i assume the armor has some kind of like oops i shit my pants kind of safe <laughs> to it for when a mandalorian accidentally rediscovers a mythosaur after and i'm not kidding here thousands of years yeah they've been extinct right or thought to be extinct for thousands of years i don't know that i can impress upon chris who's listening to this that <laughs> how big yeah. of a deal this is like yeah the last time that a mythosaur was talked about or depicted in star wars was back during the like i think it's called tales of the jedi is a graphic novel series 20 20 25 years ago yeah and they haven't touched it since. It's only been referenced a couple times, like in KOTOR games and in like the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. But like um, most famously by that uh, guy, uh, Kuil, I believe, the Ugnaught in season one that helps him ride on those like, yeah. fish, fish beasts or whatever. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Uh, about as good as he's looked, I might add, <laughs> and, as an Ugnaught. You know, in the first episode of this season, we start with the mythosaur emblem mm -hmm. while while the armor is working on yes the kid's helmet like that is full frame 
foreshadowing. Right. While we're so you get the impression that it's going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the mythosaur is the armorer's. No, it's not the armor. She has her other. She has her own, right? Her own uh, uh, sigil. I don't know if she belongs. So, like, that would be an interesting detail to know about their culture. Like, the armorer might be something that is not of any clan yet belongs to all clans kind of a scenario. Yeah. Like, we saw all the different types of armors, the flags in episode one for like the now 25, yeah. 30. And when she was walking out, it was the mythosaur. Someone had like a flag with the mythosaur and uh, right next to it was a different flag that might be hers. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that like someone in her position, like spiritual leader, armorer, like she has a pretty wide Venn diagram for their culture. Right. Yeah. But like, I imagine that if she was going to take on some kind of symbology, it would be like something of all Mandalorians. Yeah. She's too important to not to belong to any one individual group. Right. Uh, like so, but like we know Din Jaren, his uh his clan is Clan Mudhorn. Right. Him, him and Grogu. It's a huge fucking deal that the Mythosaur is back. Like I can't impress that enough. It's, it's an, <laughs> yeah, it's a huge deal. It's huge. It's it, huge. It's now, a huge deal. How do you feel about that? It's huge. I know it's a big deal, um, but like, is it okay with you that they brought it back? Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be too heavy to ride, but I mean, at some point, like, <laughs> he'll he'll overcome his doubts and ride it. And then he'll uh, no, but uh, uh, but he, that would be you, awesome. You want he is going to one hundred percent tame this thing by the end of the season. There is no doubt in my mind. There is yeah. no doubt. Why introduce it? There's no other reason to introduce it. Like, what could it be? Like, the Mythosaur is a living representation of their whole fucking race. So, like, right, right. There, this is going to be like Avatar One, like he dives onto the huge red bird that, like, yeah, Mokta, Moktardo or whatever his name was, <laughs> right? You know, or whatever. And he's like, and it's like, oh, Jake, I'm not scared anymore. Well, this he's going to take away everybody's fear by riding this gigantic. It's going to burst out of the water. He's going to be sitting on the neck or the base of the skull or whatever, and it's going to be like, um, there's no one to fight because the planet's glass, but yeah. like neat. You know, so like, I don't know, it can only be a representation of like something that only one other person has done in the past. So another or representation of his choosing to rule to being Mandalore. So how about this? Somehow he loses the Darksaber, someone else takes it up and maybe they have it for a couple episodes. Okay. Oh, I'm supposed to be the ruler of Mandalore. I've got the sword. How does one top that in the symbology of their culture? Oh, neat. Cool sword. I'm riding this giant 100-story beast. Yeah. Who do you think the people are going to follow? The dude that can hold the light the light funny glow stick or the guy that's right. riding the gigantic monster? Right. I'm going with the guy with the monster. Uh, last week you mentioned we kind of had a conversation about how like there will probably be some Mandalorians that just don't recognize Din. Yeah, regardless of wielding the uh, lightsaber, uh, but, but holds, the I think we called them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's happened before, right? Because uh, it used there used to be a mask that they used to determine who was the Mandalore. 
yeah it was a it was a literal helm a yeah. helm that you would wear yeah and uh some people were like nah fuck that and then there was like a big civil war between mandalorians for a time yes they have warred in the past and like <clears throat> there have been so many factions over such a long time period i mean like the mandalorians didn't used to be human they used to be a race called the tong yeah. who enslaved humans and then eventually their culture passed it to not you know non-tongs when the tong race died out and that's in fact like when we saw the previews for the season and like the alamites showed up people were like those are the tong and i was like can't be they're not yeah the tong are all dead and uh those well, mythosaur were all dead up until last wednesday yeah but like uh the mythosaur doesn't look like a nerf or whatever (laughs) you know like that's the that's the difference there is like they're clearly (laughs) different things yeah but um but yeah, I mean, I think that this is going to be just an, an enormous deal. Like, I I don't know where we're going because a lot's already happened. Yeah. So I'm really anxious for the day after tomorrow when I get to see it. Because, <laughs> right. Uh, because I'm like, if I was Dan, I'd be like, okay, back home. I'm a Mandalorian again. Neat. What are we, how are we going to rebuild the Cobra, right? Like, he's just trying to get back to square one. Yeah. This whole time he's just been trying to get back to what he was doing in the first in the first episode of the first season. So like, let's move the. I would be like, let's move the covert to Mandalore. Like, I've I've got a buddy with a ship that can fit twenty five people at a time. You know, like let's go. That's all of us. Yeah, pretty much. You know? <laughs> we can I rebuild. Want, I wonder. So the first episode started with us going to water, right? So I wonder if like that is uh, a surrogate for the living waters. Like, did this sort of did that sort of ceremony take place in the living waters initially? Can you ask that again, please? Yeah. <clears throat> so the first episode of this yeah. season starts out with that ceremony in the water. Yeah. Right. And I'm curious if what they're doing there is that sort of as acting as a surrogate for the living waters. And had they been on Mandalore, if that ceremony would have taken place in the living waters, I compl- I believe that it would have. Yes. Right. So like, it seems like they're make they're trying to make ties or parallels or like associations of that type of thing from the first episode to this episode. I would agree. I would never have gotten there. <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of ceremonies that take place in water, you know, that like right. we, that we're familiar with. Like it's a water is a quintessential part of life, all life. And yeah. So it makes sense that when you're doing something that's important, you do it in water because it symbolizes how important it is to everybody. So yeah, it makes sense that they would try and emulate the ceremonies that they used to have, even if it is like a stand in, you know, replacement for what they used to have. But like the cool thing now is we can have it again. Yeah. Like there is a very linear progression here for how man, the Mandalorians can rebuild their culture. Yeah. So what, where's the conflict? I feel like I feel like something's going to get in the way and it's not going to come back, right? Like I don't think they're going to go to Mandalore. Which would be a bummer to me, but like we've yeah, got yeah, for sure. Moff Gideon, we know the actor is back this season, so that's something on the horizon. Is the armor armorer in some way duplicitous? Well, we're probably going to find out. Religious zealotry often leads to people thinking that they are 
completely right. I've had very few logical conversations <laughs> with religious zealots. Yes. <laughs> right. They're the good guy. Uh, however, like my take on this would be, Hey, I found the, I found the mines and I bathe in the living waters for reals. Like I can't wait. We should all go right now. You know, like yeah. field trip this, but like, well, he said he's going to bring back proof. I would imagine, I mean, like if his camera can see people's footsteps in the snow, like I imagine it could take a video like body cam style yeah. or whatever. So here's my thing. Like, does he have to go back in the waters and finish the creed? Or do you think that was good? Enough? Right. Hey, but guys, also, I got two thirds of the way through the creed. And then a mythosaur dragged my ass to the bottom of a fucking lake. Right. Imagine, imagine for a moment that you are the armorer, right? And then you see this dude who is now an apostate is like an apostate with the symbol of the leader of your entire race, right? Basically, he it does not belong to him now. It does, but it doesn't, right? Because like he can't use it for its intended purpose, that which he believes in, right? But right. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go. I don't care if it's cursed. I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna bathe in the waters. Apparently, he's had a couple. Redeem myself, and I'm coming back. And she's like, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. This is the way, idiot. And so then he's gonna come back, and he's gonna be like, you're never going to believe what happened first of all not only did i make it to mandalore i went down into the mines underneath the mines mm-hmm. to the living waters guess what's there you mythosaur yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mandalore? you will not believe not only did i go there but i saw a thing i why don't you believe me why are you looking at me like why is your helmet cock to the side a little bit as if uh you're doubtful we call that the ewok tilt in star wars <laughs> right uh because i not i totally did all of those things and there totally is a mythosaur that why is no one believing me right that's gonna sound ludicrous mandalore i spent a week there yesterday so <laughs> right this is the way guys come on i gotta give din Jaren credit his days are full you know like there's a lot happening that dude is living life. You know, this is why people die when they're like 41 or whatever in Star Wars, because it's just like, man. So flew stressful. To the, flew to the cursed planet. Uh, fought some dudes. Got uh, captured by a spider bot. Bathed in the living waters. <laughs> yeah. Captured by captured by a mythosaur. Rediscovered not only my faith, but the, the living embodiment of my entire my entire race. <clears throat> and uh I, and i made a new friend you know so like maybe he'll bring back pog soup and that was tuesday and so, so yeah, right right like i mean we gotta get who, i mean who knows how long he was there Friday here luckily man. i sent i sent my infant partner infant baby to go get Bo, and he did he totally did yeah i mean you know Sounds when you're crazy. on Instagram and you see like some video of like a <laughs> like a three year old calling the cops to like help their parents yeah. who have fallen down. Yeah, none of them none of them bitches flew a ship over. This to the is a three year old getting in the car, yeah. driving to the hospital. Yeah, and then directing them back to where you were. Yeah. Let me now lead you Lassie style to the yeah. underground <laughs> mines of this ruin. What's that, plant. Grogu? Yeah, Dennis Cotton West stuck in a well. Lead the way, Grogu. 
I mean, I get a little, I get a little mad at people who are like, who like make comparisons between like, well, Harry Potter is essentially Star Wars. It's the same story, right? There's six stories that humanity's ever told. Yeah. You know, like that yeah, all, yeah. they're just different variations on those six stories. So shut the fuck up. But like, it's about how you tell it, right? Yeah. So, we, we can distill all of your favorite shows into a different show. You idiot. Yeah. Generic character one goes on a life affirming mission, becomes hero to other generic character yeah why are you mad that some are just more popular than others character a fell in love with character b they have kids everyone is thrilled with this and then somehow paulie shore ended up in this film is he in this one no he's not in this one Aww. there was a time when paulie shore was in literally everything in the late 90s yeah that's that's the nice. time and every once in a while it was good yeah yeah, it was. So, so where are you hoping that this goes then, or, or where where are you hoping it doesn't go based on the road signs that they've led ahead? I would be absolutely crushed if you're right about the armorer. Yeah, I do. What if it's for a legitimate there. reason, though? So, uh, like le- legitimate, legitimate being something you can wrap your head around. Sure. So here's where I think it's going. And like, I, I don't believe that you have this information because you don't want to watch trailers. Yeah. Um, but we, do you remember the doctor that was the one responsible for, um, he was like a bad guy in one of the Venom movies. Okay. The first Venom movie. Like, um, he was the doctor in season one who like took Grogu's blood. Yeah. We see him in one, in a car, what appears to be Coruscant. Oh, so at some point he's being reintroduced. At some point, Moff Gideon is being reintroduced. Yeah, I don't know. So they probably want Grogu back. Do they? So like, I think so. At the end of season two, still got that Grogu blood. At the end of season two, Moff Gideon, when he's got Grogu hostage and he's got the dark saber on him, and and uh, Din Jaren comes in with that Beskar spear that he had. Yeah. Still has, right? No, they melted it down and made Gro- Grogu. Like, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about his chainmail. Yeah. Um, He says he no longer needs Grogu. He got what he wanted from him. Now, this is probably a lie because he attacked Din Djarin right after he said it. <laughs> like, there's, there is a possibility that they no longer require Grogu for what they were trying to do. Here's my... But here's my my thought that just just proves everything I just said. Why would they still be in the show? Yeah, maybe maybe they're going to now try and do the thing that they were trying to do. Like they have his blood now, so they can do whatever they were going to do. Maybe that's it. Right. And he want he wants to stop or needs to stop it, whatever that was. So, regardless those two characters are going to make an appearance this season i don't know how impactful it's going to be like um they might have brought back the guy playing i cannot remember his name right off the top of my head he was in breaking bad but like um they brought back that actor like do they just go and like talk to him in jail or does he like escape and like for some nefarious reason or something like it's hard so there's probably going to be six more episodes in this season yeah. So what I want, what I would watch is six more episodes of them just rebuilding the fucking culture. Like, like just like, okay, we moved to Mandalore and we set up base camp and like now we're trading with the people on Navarro for like 
droid smiths and materials and all that stuff they're thriving like they're an independent trade hub on yeah and way yeah. like they're helping us get our stuff and like now like hey that's gonna they're gonna set us up for the future and if we can get mandalore going again like that's gonna be a nice little partnership you know that's that's the kind of stuff that i would be into like because i but i like base building i like the idea of like, yeah constructing the future uh is uh uh werner herzog is he was he killed in the first episode or the first I, season? I don't believe that he was killed, but I mind having him back. I would not mind having him back either in, in some capacity. I'll t- I'll tell you two things that I would be really disappointed that they did in yeah. this season or any future season of The Mandalorian. Number one, Din Djarin is force sensitive. I don't want it. Sure. I don't want it. Don't do it. He hasn't. Can, <clears throat> I mean. Sorry, go on with your second one and then I'll ask my Second second problem I would super have, he and Bo Katan have a romantic relationship. Don't want it. Oh, why not? Because there's no place for it. Has a has romance or a romantic relationship had anything to do with this character's motivations or decision making at, at any point in his past? Does this seem like a guy that's ready to settle down? I mean like no but he was he was a dude all on his own doing doing his own thing all by himself until uh Grogu came along and now he's got a partner he does you know and like so like if we're looking for like the establishment of family he -hmm. already has that in Grogu how about how about um you know the uh, sort of tribal th- uh survival imperative of make more so so far we have heard nothing about the mandalorians um increasing their number through procreation we've only seen them uh increase their numbers through adoption well bo-katan was the daughter uh, I apologize. I'll be more specific. Okay. Um, the children of the watch have only seen um, an increase in numbers through adoption as opposed to procreation. Okay. Bo-Katan side of the Mandalorian culture would indeed, I think be way more open to the idea of family as a way of um, making okay. Mandalorians. So man, Din Jaren's creed is sort of, um, uh, 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 What's that term where you don't orthodox do the sex? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't have sex. Celibate. Celibate. Thank you. Starts with a C. C. Uh, S sounding. Sad. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. Celibate. Yeah. So you think that his his side is celibate? I don't know that they're celibate. I think okay. that we have seen zero in the way of evidence to indicate that they have relations, romantic relations amongst members of the covert. So like if you were, if Din Jaren was going to have a, a romantic relationship with Bo-Katan to me, there would need to be some kind of evidence that he is going to um, it would have to be worked into creed somehow. Like, this guy seems remarkably. Was well, there creed against it? I don't know. 
Like we don't know anything about their creed. I imagine that the creed does not forbid procreation and does not uh, support celibacy. Well, then, but however, like if that is the case, then like let's let's have that introduced before they get into a relationship. Oh, sure. Like, and also, like, does it seem like, like to me, like Din Jaren is so focused on creed and doing things by creed, you know, and like living up to creed and like teaching Grogu the creed that like it seems to me that like if he was going to get into a romantic relationship and this is a big reason why I didn't like um, Obi-Wan's relationship in the Clone Wars with Satine Kree's uh, Bo-Katan's older sister yeah is that it is a departure from his belief system sure I would think like the 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 kind of take that I have on Din Djarin as a character is that this is just not on the menu for him this is not something that he is interested in. He is pursuing actively that he is looking to do as a part of his role in their society. Yeah. And so like I, if this were to be introduced, what I, I would interpret it as we are cash grabbing on fans shipping these two characters together. Regardless of how they write it. Well, I mean, they could write it in a way like, but like, don't just drop it down on somebody like one day. Like we're already getting people that are like, man, when he was taking off his gun and his dark saber and his jetpack or whatever to go into the waters, you know, Bo was looking at him kind of sideways, you know, and I'm like, shut up. I think they were misinterpreting that. Well, so like, here's my problem. Star Wars seems to have this thing where like, if the vocal minority really gets loud enough, they kind of fuck their plans over. And start to go in a different direction. And like, I don't want the vocal minority to be like, can we please get these two characters banging? Sure. It's a departure from everything that we've seen from both of them up until this point. Like, and to be honest, unless the storyline, like it was for Anakin and Anakin and uh, Padme, unless that romance plays a pivotal role in like the motivations and decision-making of the characters involved, yeah, and I don't know that Star Wars needs that as a uh, storytelling tool. You have a lot of fear around Star Wars because it's really good, and I don't want them to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, and like that's my problem with like the whim of the mob, right? So like, if you just got characters together at random, like, see, the nice thing about like a lot of other shows is like in order to fulfill that kind of niche or scratch that that desire or whatever. Like you do it with secondary characters. Yeah. Like get get like um the armorer and like Pax Vizla together or whatever. And it's like, oh neat. Like they got married. Wait, oh, so goes. Mandalorian can't do it, but Armorer can? Well, I'm not don't saying they follow the same creed? Well, I'm I'm not saying like we don't know that it's prohibited by creed. I just don't get that interpretation from anything that the character has done up until this point. I can you know, see Hey, let's have Frodo and the and the Fellowship go off to, um, you know, to Mordor. But then they're just going to open up a subway along the way just for shits because people want people want their characters to open up subways. We'll just we'll just work that into the into the story. We want to make sure that the Shire has sure. their first active subway. Yeah. So that's well, the thing they're trying to get back to is them setting up their own franchise in the Shire. Neat. Like, oh, this feels completely out of place for this story. Because it is, because it has no place there, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like if you want to write a story like this, like if they're going to come out with like the Acolyte or Skeleton Crew or Ahsoka or all these other shows, 
like it has been set up that like Ezra Bridger in Rebels was like romantically interested in Sabine Wren. Right? Yeah. So Ahsoka and Sabine go off to find Ezra Bridger in parts unknown. We have no idea where he is, and we're gonna bring him back, right? Because he's family, because we care about him, we want to make sure he's okay. And we couldn't do it before, but now we're in a position to do it. Okay. If Sabine Wren goes off and finds Ezra and they want to make a romantic relationship out of that, fine with me. It makes sense. The seeds have been laid there. Don't do it 19 episodes into the series when it has played no role in the in the plot up until this point for the sake of just adding into the plot. Sure, sure. And, and I, I will say that your interpretation of how she was looking at Din while before he was getting into the uh, living waters mm. is far more interesting than she was just crushing hard on him. Sure. And like there can, like if you want to do something with them together, I could, I could buy into it, but yeah. like, could we, can we tell the story that we're trying to tell here first? Can yeah. we be like, she's super crushing on him in the living waters or whatever. Right. Like, as you said, without hesitation jumps her ass into the yeah. fucking black lake and like jet packs her way down to the bottom to save him. That's, that's more than just like, Hey, I wish you would stop bothering me earlier in the day. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I can get there. There's some logic to that. You know, you're sharing your culture. Like you're, you're impressed with this person. They've gone through a lot of stuff with you. Are you, is the timer started? Like, you know, <laughs> it's been going. Has it? So like, but maybe that's a season four plot line. Like you, yeah. you, you cook the meal before you serve it. Right. Like let's, let's have this develop a little bit first. Yeah. You know, right. Don't, don't just force something like that, but like, I could see it like, um, Mandalore is, you know, recreated, reinstated. And she was basically Mandalore royalty. Yes. When it was around. Right. So just sort of, maybe there's an amalgamation of their beliefs. Is there room for that, you think? So I think that I, I'm really happy that you brought that up because like I don't see how the this particular group of people, meaning like his group, his covert, the, the children of the watch, make it back, mm -hmm. you know, without there being some kind of like I mean, like if he's gonna have the Darksaber, right? The, if, him having the Darksaber the reintroduction of the mythosaur lead me to believe that these are things that are going to be set up for Din Jaren to assume some kind of mantle of leadership. Yeah. That mantle of leadership has overtones of like reuniting all Mandalorians. Yeah. You cannot be a good leader. If you do not allow for differences in opinion, if you are, if you're going to lead a group of people. Right. So, like, maybe the doubts that Din Djarin has that cause him to not be able to use the Darksaber so effectively, in part, could be, I have these really strong ideas about Creed that I've been brought up in in the Watch. How am I, if I take this leadership role and accept this, how am I going to, am I going to, like, force everybody to think about it as as I do? Yeah. And there's going to be one state religion, one state culture, one state, all this other stuff. Or how am I going to be able to like incorporate other Mandalorians to accept my leadership? Right. You can't just, uh, you can't just be like, by the way, everyone, no one can see your face ever now guys. 
this is the way. Right. And so like, to me, like you were saying, like, maybe not everybody's going to buy in. Yeah. Like if you were to come down and be like, okay, super orthodox beliefs now for everybody. Hooray. And I yeah. remember curfews at nine, yeah. you know, like, um, I, I would be like, I wasn't raised like this dude. Sorry. Like I'll yeah. just continue to like bounty hunt and like do my own thing. Thanks a lot. So, yeah, I think that he's going to have to change his views on his creed. Maybe this is like, they make a new creed. So I don't know. So I or, wish we knew more about what the creed was. Yeah. Yeah. Because like everyone says this is the way. Right. And it means something to them all, but differently, right? Like to him, you don't take your mask off. This is the way everyone else is like, I'm going to go ahead and take my mask off though. Yeah. Like right. I'm a that's not the way for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I'm Catholic. Right. You know, yeah. or whatever. What if he gets... I think maybe he'll either get disenfranchised with his own sect that will make him see like, Oh, well, there's more than one way mm -hmm. or he'll find something that sort of transcends all of the creeds or like the base of it and be like, Oh, okay. This is, this is the way. Okay. That is different than what he's used to. But my guess would be we have seen in this episode, at least, Bo-Katan say, hey, I took the creed, right? Yeah. So there is a creed for all Mandalorians. The difference is, is how closely we're interpreting right. the creed to our daily lives or whatever. Oh, God. Don't leave it up for interpretation. I So, like, I, I hate that. I've always hated that in storytelling. I don't care if it's the ending of The Sopranos or, or, yeah. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, like, that's why I want more information about Star Wars, but, like, the creed is to the Mandalorians as the force is to the Jedi. Right. So like, yeah, we're never as Disney and Lucasfilm, we're never going to define those things because that's too close to us coming down and creating religion. Yeah. And like that, I mean, DeSantis already took away our special tax privileges. Like the last thing we <laughs> want to do yeah. is, is piss him off even more and create some other religion that he's got to fight against now. So like, my interpretation of what say Din Jaren becomes the leader of the Mandalorians and is accepted as the leader of the Mandalorians. Like, I don't know. I mean, season four could just be about like how Din like proves himself to his people. Yeah. You know, and like, we're just upping the stakes, you know, a little bit here. Like, I mean, the, the, the empire is effectively gone as like a unifying force, but there are pockets of the empire around like, would a resurgent Mandalorian unified, you know, unified in quotes, like we're talking about the Mandalorians we've seen, right? The covert, the night owls that used to be a part of Bo-Katan's group, some other like miscellaneous bounty hunter here and there, like Boba Fett. Yeah. These, we get, we get the whole band together. Right. And like, we have to go down and it's all of us and we're going to fuck up Moff Gideon's little star cruiser or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, we could do something like that. That would be neat. And like, but like, the Mandalorians are going to be forged together as a culture through violence. That's yeah. who they are. So like they are either going to fight one another or they're going to fight a common enemy and like be unified through the fact that like we went through the fire with you at my side. Yeah. That's how Mandalorians do, do shit. Right. That's why like you can be like, Hey, Hey, thanks for bailing me out and like destroying the covert, you know, on Navarro back in like season one. And it's just the two of you, like in the book of Boba Fett, and uh, you know, you'd want you basically want to kill me, like super, like 
machine gun wearing Mandalorian or whatever. Yeah. But like we believe the same things. And like, even though like you've tried to kill me twice now, all we really need to do is say, this is the way and everybody calms down, you know? So. Yeah. Super interesting culture. I'm really excited that uh, Star Wars has decided to pay attention to them for a while. Yeah. I, uh, I, I wouldn't mind going into more backstory of them uh, on the show, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but it's an improvement. I think you only ranted for a little over 10 minutes today. It's a positive rant today. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, more positive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to see where it goes and uh see how we get there yeah absolutely and so we're going to get more information in 36 hours or whatever it is yeah yeah uh but i think we did it yeah and uh if you have any questions or comments or concerns uh mediocre conversations at gmail we'd love to hear from you and may the force be with you